Hello everyone, welcome to Rockin' All Week with you, Season 4, Episode 3. Overall episode, I've completely lost track, 34, 36, 35, something like that, but Season 4, Episode 3. I'm Dan, I'm your host, I hope you're doing well. Uh, We're covering Happy Days, we go episode by episode, two episodes a show. In this episode we are talking about Fonzie the Father and Fonzie's Hero. And we are starting off October 19th, 1976 with Fonzie the Father. Written by Marty Nadler, who had written a few episodes in the previous season. And directed by Jerry Paris. And this one, a pregnant woman named Louisa Corrigan shows up at Arnold's looking for the Fonz. Everyone is like, oh no, Fonz, what did you do, you know, with your self and the, you know, your thing and the stuff and the getting the lady with the baby and stuff. What did you do? Uh, it turns out that Louisa is the wife of one of the Fonz's best friends, Danny Corrigan. Danny, best known for um, being the person on the back of the Fonz's bike the first time the Fonz ever got a ticket. Now, we've never heard of Danny before. I, I say best known. You know what I mean. But yeah, Danny is one of the Fonz's best friends. He's doing some sort of racing thing and sent Louisa to stay for a few days with the Fonz which seems strange uh, in um, uh, because she's two weeks she's doing two weeks and uh, Richie and the Fonz bring her to uh, their home or the Cunningham's place the Cunningham's and Joni are going on vacation and so they're going to have Louisa stay in the and Joni's room, the Fonz ends up bailing out because he's going on a, um, a trip with a bunch of uh, or he's going on a date with a bunch of uh, hula dancers yeah, and kind of leaves uh, Richie in charge, even though Richie has other stuff he wants to do, like date Miss Trout. And um, Richie and the Fonz are about to get in a fight, and Richie calls the Fonz a nerd, when all of a sudden it looks like the baby is about to be born. Listen to this. I'll be back on the other side to talk a bit about Fonzie the father. <laughs> Billy Gray and Lauren Chapin in Father Knows Best. This episode has a lot going on in it. I mentioned in the previous episode that that one of the things occasionally when you get a sitcom like that is that some episodes feel less like complete episodes and more like little snapshots, more like um, it, like like take this for example. So it's called Fonzie the Father. Whether or not you would have known it was called Fonzie the Father when it originally aired, I. I would say, no, I I don't think you would have. But if you knew it was called Fonzie the Father, you would immediately think he was the father. And that's cleared up very quickly. Although not as quickly as it could be. They do one of those things where um, when the Fonz and and Richie bring... uh, It's it's weird, like, Mr. and Mrs. C and Joni are leaving the house. If Fonzie and Richie had waited three more minutes everything would have been fine. They would have been gone. But they decided to come in right as they're leaving the house. We get the, oh, it's a pregnant girl. Oh my gosh, what's going on? Oh no. And Richie's like, well, I'm responsible. You're what, Richie? And there's some funny stuff in there. It's very shtick heavy. There's a lot of, I don't, I don't know if this is Nadler's thing, but there's a lot of shtick 
going on in this episode. Everyone's doing their party piece. And from, from Ralph pretending to play the bongos to Potsy just being dumb and, and just everyone's doing their shtick and overdoing their shtick here. And Joni's a little lost throughout the episode. There is a moment where Joni um, has sort of, she's packed her suitcase and there's too much. And um, uh, Mrs. Cease is like, well, you know, your dad doesn't like it when you overpack. Well, I'm a, I'm a woman of many moods, Mom. Joni, you're a strange girl. I like that. And then they make fun of Mr. C's weight in a, in a, in a joke, which I guess is funny. Um, you know, Rerun was really fat. That's why we laughed at Rerun and what's happening, because he could also move, if you've seen Rerun move. Mr. C looks just like a middle-aged dad, around 50. Uh, you know, he's got a little a little belly going on. You know, hey, your metabolism goes, and you gotta, at that point, you gotta, you got you to gotta fight against it. You know, you got to fight against it to keep from getting a bit of a of, of a belly. And to me, he's got a bit of a... He doesn't... I mean, is, is Mr. C really that large that they, they compare him to an elephant? I don't know. But anyway, they compare Mr. C to an elephant. That's the episode. That's a wrap. Yeah, there's a... Wow, there's a lot of shtick in this episode all over the place. Like, like I said, everyone does their party piece. We even have it at the beginning. Here's what, Okay, here's what I'm going to do. Now, there are... Th- this episode, to me, is pretty... It's fun. Um, it's I think a lot of the comedy, unfortunately, is overdone. Ron Howard is doing his best, but they're giving him some moments like when he gets mad at the Fonz and he's yelling at a doll, which is overdone. And there's a bit where the he's trying to get out the door at the end and he can't, which is a bit overdone. And Jerry Paris leaves the camera on him too long at one moment when the Fonz and Louisa are leaving with Louisa's baby spoiler. And it just stays on Richie like too long. Like, why are we still on Richie? Nothing's happening. Richie's just reacting. And uh, that's that's Jerry Paris. And, you know, the Fonz is doing his thing. But there, there are moments like when he goes, I'm Patsy Weber, which are, um, uh, and, and he does, you know, there is a big long sequence where I'm having the baby and Richie and Fonzie go crazy, which we've seen in a ton of other things. And we've seen funnier in other things. But they're pretty good here. They're doing their damnedest to make this funny. And I think it's working. And when they, when they get to the hospital, it gets better. Like the gal, whose name I forgot to look up. Oh, she looks so familiar. Damn it. I'll have it for, I'll have it for you in the next segment. Um, she plays like a like candy striper, like a volunteer at the hospital. I think um, she's Kitty, who works at the Spick and Span Cleaners. And that's pretty funny there. The stuff with Millie Nash and her surprise birthday party. And come on, everybody. Take off those silly hats and act like doctors. And the font, when the font's looking for a nurse and he grabs the loudspeaker, nurse, nurse. Uh, Sir, this is a hospital. I'm sorry, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. Uh, that's funny. Some of the reactions, some of Kitty's reactions, especially during the final scene. Well, here's what I'm going to do. So there are, like I said, this episode is, to me, pretty, it's fun. And you do have Richie get angry that the Fonz... It's a little weird because Rich, Fonzie leaves Richie with Louisa. They do like a, who's got the more interesting night? And Richie clearly does not have the more interesting night. Um, but then when they cut... Fonzie leaves. But then when it cuts to Louisa and Richie later on, she says something like, oh, three nights in a row. It's been three nights in a row. And you're like, whoa, three nights in a row. That's why Richie's so angry. But then when Richie is arguing with the Fonz, he says something along the lines of, you left me here all night with this woman. I could have had this date with Miss Trout. And you think, wait a minute. Is this the same night? Is this three nights later? 
um, because I, I was just getting acclimated to the fact that three days passed, or two days passed, I guess, in between the first uh, that that scene with the Fonz leaves and the next time we see Richie and Louisa, and and it's just it's really oddly done because he, it feels to me like it's all one night, but it's said, like I said. You're three nights in a row, and it doesn't. It feels a little weird to me. So, so this episode feels it's okay. There's some lot a lot of shtick in it. If you like the shtick, and the audience really does, the audience is going nuts throughout. To me, it's a little overdone. They're selling it a bit too much. We can. I know that we're in front of a crowd and we have multiple cameras, but there's still a, such a thing as subtlety. Subtlety is not going completely out the door yet. So. Is it? It's an episode that makes me laugh a few times. It annoys me slightly on occasion, but it keeps shifting. It's so weird. Like it starts off about Arnold. I'm sorry, Al. Who is Alfred in the credits? Which is weird to me. Al. Um, I guess that's right. Al has been sponsoring. I think sixty-five dollars. I think he says for the um uh, uh the the uniforms for the guys and the baseball team and they keep losing and there's a funny scene with them at the beginning um of that and then the pregnant gal shows up yakety yak which was a hit for the uh coasters back in like it was released in march of 58 so maybe we're in 59 right now i guess i, I guess we're gonna say 59 i feel like as i've said before i feel like we're still meant to be in the 50s even if they went to see Psycho earlier in the season or at the end of last season or whatever the heck it was. I feel like we're still supposed to be in the 50s. We're not supposed to be in the early 60s yet. So, could be wrong there. But uh, Yakety Yak plays. And, um, yeah, the, you get the thing with Arnold. Then you get the thing with the pregnant woman. And, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And then the um, uh, and then you get the thing with Richie's going to throw a party when his parents leave and then you get the oh the 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 pregnant woman's gonna stare oh it's danny's wife oh the stuck door the front door for some reason is stuck and only the fonz could open it by pounding on it or um uh ralph and potsy can can knock it open by by shoving themselves up against it and of course obviously the reason why you do that thing with the door is so that um you know, Chekhov never had a door, but maybe he should have. But it's Chekhov's door. So when the door gets stuck in like the first five or six minutes, uh, you know that that's going to prevent them from getting out, getting Louisa out to the vehicle as quick as possible when she's pregnant. And there's a great moment about, there's a great moment with them. How are they going to get Louisa there on the motorcycle? And then they arrive there, and I guess they took a family car, Richie's car. They took Richie's car, and um, Richie's is like, I think one of us should have driven. No, no, no. You know, kept her confident, which I like. There are a lot of great jokes here. The Fonz really helping lead the pack uh, with the baby and is, is really is really nice. And uh, him with the party hat on is fun, too. And, and they, they discuss some of the, what's discussed in here is... Um, I do I do like um after... Is it Nellie? Millie Nash is the nurse who's retiring. And they shut off all the lights. And uh, oh, I'll mention the lights in a minute. They shut off all the lights, and they have a surprise party for her. And I love that when all everyone's going back to their work, um, the Fonz and Richie are talking about how Richie's too nice, and that's true. That will come up again and again. And Richie is starting to become. I think I I don't know if it's if it's like Ron Howard being at a point where he's like, okay, well, at this at this point in my career, I really want to direct. 
but I'm contracted to this show for the next like three years. And it's clearly not really my show anymore. So I'm just going to have fun with it. And the writing can broader and broader, and he's having more and more fun with it. It's such a... I mean, like, watch watch Richie in this and go back to season one and watch an early episode of that. I, not specifically all the way, but maybe that. And watch that, and you will... The whiplash... I mean, Ron Howard in the first two seasons of, of Happy Days is trying... It really, I think, trying to create a real character. In this one, it's all shtick. It's all I Love Lucy. You know, that's 50s, of course, so that, that could be something. But it's all shtick. And and he's having fun with it, and Henry Winkler's having fun with it too. But this, like, I guess, like, if you if you if you if you start to believe the people who say that the show really began to stink when they went to the multi-camera in front of the live audience, eh, this might be an example you could use. Um, let's see what else. I like that Ralph and Potsy meet a bunch of gals who want to go out with them, and uh, how do they meet them? Because they don't know them. You know, they didn't know they were Ralph and Potsy. Miss Trout is cute, and um, and Richie doesn't get to go out with Miss Trout. And I, like I said, Kitty, um, Kitty's response to the Fonz gives Danny and Luisa's, and Luisa, Chachi's mom, Luisa, Jonah loves Chachi, Luisa and Al. He gives advice, he gives some advice to um, the baby. And the advice is like, you know, like your dad used to tell me, you know, something like you don't do nothing to nobody. You don't want nobody to do to you or something like that. And it's weird because it's fun. It's it's weird because it's presented as fun, Fonz advice, and he gives the kids a, a thumbs up. And it cuts in between the Fonz saying it, the crowd enjoying it, Richie enjoying it, and Kitty the nurse looking at him like, what is wrong with you? Have a look at her face. Like she's like, "Why are you saying that to a baby? You crazy person!" And it's a really weird moment where the Fonz seems to be saying something very Fonz-like to a kid, almost like um, uh, Kurt Vonnegut, Mr. Rosewater. Is it God bless you, Mr. Rosewater? The um, the novel at the end where the kid, where the um, he he gives the um, sort of say something to. I think it's someone has twins and he has to say something to twins, and I forget exactly what his full. Jeez, maybe I can find it. Give me a second. Oh, I found it. I found it. There is a swear in it. And it's, um, hello. This is, uh, God bless you, Mr. Rosewater, Kurt Vonnegut. This is what he, um, uh, he says to, uh, these babies. He says, hello, babies. Welcome to earth. It's hot in the summer and cold in the winter. It's round and wet and crowded. At the outside, babies, you've got a hundred years here. There's only one rule that I know of, babies. God damn it, you've got to be kind. And uh, one of, uh, I don't know if it's one of my favorite Vonnegut books, but that is a beautiful ending. And that's kind of the Fonz is doing his variation of it right here. But he doesn't have Kitty, who's played by Christina Hart, who you would know from a thousand things. And um, she was in a BJ and the Bear. She was in a Bear Bondage. She was in Mad Bomber, Charlie Verrick. Wow, stewardesses! Wow, she was in a lot of stuff. You you know her when you saw her, and you see her go. Oh, you should I see her in doing more than this. Um, but uh, yeah, her response to the Fonz saying his thing is um, eh, and um, it's sort of like it's a bit of you know it's a, it's it's his it's the Fonz's code mixed with a little bit of say like the Virginian uh, code. You know, I still prefer Mister Rose, but I mean you got to be kind. I mean, at this time, I'm recording this September 2020. Go go on social media and watch people being people 
people going after people they don't know because they don't agree with them politically and just being so horrific to them. And it's just, it's awful. How Can we come back from this? My thought is no, but boy, God damn it, I try to be kind. And I, I truly don't want, I truly would not do anything to anybody that I would not want somebody to do to me. And so the Fonz and Kurt and even the Virginian, I forget the Virginian's code. If it ain't yours, don't take it. If it da-da-da, I, I forget what it is, but um, I guess I could look that up too. Oh, I found this too. Okay, so we got the Fonz's advice. We got Mr. Rosewater's advice. And then we got the Virginian. If it's not true, don't say it. If it's not yours, don't take it. If it's not right, don't do it. I love that they throw the Fonz giving his little bit of code at the end of it. Um, we could all be nicer to one another. Um, I also think that if anyone's listening to this is offended by what I just said, then you're thinking I'm a piece of shit or garbage or something like that for saying something like that. I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way. Please feel free to contact me and I will rip you a new one. Hey, you can't. You can't stand around and be nice all the time. If you, if you stand around and you're nice all the time, then what happens is the people who aren't nice rip at you and rip at you and rip at you until you don't have anything left. So there has to be a time when you stand up and you have to go back. And if the only way you can return fire, as it were, is by being as shitty as, as someone coming at you, calling you names, swearing at you, all these things, if the only, if the only way you can respond is by doing that, then sometimes you have to. And then, and then, of course, the moment you do that, people who support the first person who's coming at you will say, oh, there's no need to talk like that. And so it's like, so you can't really win. All you can tell them to do is shut the F up. You got to be kind. I see I broke my rule right there. I try to be kind as much as I can. But you see how unkind people are. And uh, the fact that Fonzie the father uh, made me think of this means it's a better episode than I thought it was. So I will wrap this up here. There's a lot of other things around. Like I said, there's a shtick with the door. There's lots of um, running back and forth, yelling with, with baby stuff and things. But the, the two things that make the episode sort of important and make it a bit more than just a sort of... I mean, a lot of these episodes are like snapshots, you know, in, in the Cunningham's life. Like, you know, like if this episode takes place in one night, but apparently it takes... If it takes place in one night then that means it's like it it's then it, it takes place over a very short period of time but even even then it takes place over three or four nights so it's so it's not a long period of time although again the time i think is screwed up on it a bit um but the two things that make this episode more than just a simple snapshot that you know like, like i said i think when i was talking about mind of their own you know there may be a moment in season eight or nine or something where something comes back to the Fonz about being in therapy or seeing a, or a psychiatrist or something and we can reference this but Fonzie the father has two specific things in the future history of the Milwaukee verse I don't know what we call it um, and one of them is that the episode ends with they are the Fonz is taking Louisa I think to meet Danny I believe I actually didn't write down what the reasoning was because what I'm about to say is more interesting. Um, so they need to find a babysitter. They can't find a babysitter. So uh, the episode ends with the Fonz and Louisa saying, we're going to see Laverne and Shirley. And uh, Richie kind of looks towards the camera and says, Laverne and Shirley with a baby? Nah. 
bachelor mothers. Now, you know Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley ruled the roost from 76 through the first half of 79. And at immediately following this episode of Happy Days at 8.30 p.m. on October 19th, 1976, Bachelor Mothers, um, uh, 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 Laverne and Shirley are at home in the evening. The Fon shows up with a baby, and they say they'll watch the baby, but oh boy, things go crazy. And it's a very, it's a very funny episode. And um, you sort of forget that um, Laverne and Shirley started at a more heightened level of slapstick and comedy. So when, um, and, and two, I mean, where, where are we here? We're, we're just, I mean, we're just, we're, we're what, like, um, uh, to like 24, 25 episodes into the show. We're still very early in Laverne and Shirley right here. As, I mean, there's a moment where um, Shirley is, getting hysterical so she slaps Laverne to calm herself down which is very funny and maybe it was something that happened off set I don't know but um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a funny episode yes chaos ensues and you, yeah, like I said you forget that the thing with Laverne and Shirley is that it began at a height it began at a multiple camera in front of a live studio audience crazy heightened slapstick mode which picks up as it goes I think but it, but it was still there when it began, whereas Happy Days began in a very different place. So um, when people complain about Laverne Shirley, they complain about when they went to Los Angeles. And I don't know, I you know, I was fine when they went to Los Angeles. It still made me laugh. I don't really remember the last season without Shirley much, to be honest, and without Lenny, I believe, through a lot of it. Um, but I didn't mind when they moved to, to um, uh, Los Angeles. But the thing with Happy Days is Happy Days began as a completely different show that we're watching right now. So, like I said, if you go back to the start of season one or most of season one and compare it to A Mind of Their Own or Fonzie the Father, it's such a different show. It's not like doc, quite Doctor Who, such a different show when the doctors change or the showrunners or the script editors, producers change, but it is a very different type of show. So I could see people maybe watching Fonzie the Father being familiar with the way the show was, jeez, two years previous and being like, wow, this show's gone downhill. Whereas Laverne and Shirley, the slapstick just gets getting better and the physical comedy just keeps getting better, um, which just makes the show better. So it's it's funny. I hadn't watched Laverne and Shirley in a while and I was sitting and watching Bachelor Mothers. I was like, oh, Laverne and Shirley's biggest, biggest advantage was that it didn't have to in uh, weather a, um, a format change, more or less. Plus, they're hilarious. But but that that really is is it in some ways. Although the format change obviously did better for Happy Days. Did it make it a better show? And the problem, yeah. Uh, we, this is nothing to talk about now. Maybe I can talk about this uh, later. But, um, uh, so, and, and so that's the one thing, is that this is a crossover. And it's not one that's talked about, but Fonzie's Hero is a cross, uh, sorry, Fonzie the Father, I've got the, the, I've got the disc playing here and the menu just came up and the, the, the pink, uh, because it's Pinky, the pink um, highlight is on Fonzie's Hero. Uh, Fonzie the Father is a crossover to Bachelor Mothers, which is hilarious, and I never quite realized that until I was watching and researching it right now. So that's awesome. And if you watch Fonzie the Father, you should immediately have to follow that with Bachelor Mothers. And you can compare and contrast. Um, and I'll leave that there. But and the, the second thing, and then I will wrap this up, the second thing about the episode that's important uh, is unfortunately something I can't tell you. Be, because, as I mentioned, you know, 
there are going to be some episodes here that seem just like a little snapshot that seem kind of unimportant or insignificant and years later something will come up again um this, this is not insignificant but i was going to say the way that the pilot episode of the x-files does its business and then leaves it inconclusive and then goes away and then suddenly spoiler at the end of season seven we return to the pilot and what's going on and we build from there over season eight um i didn't expect that didn't expect that at all and again that that happens again and again on a show like the x-files but it does sort of happen on happy days too like i said fonzie the father is an example and i can't unfortunately tell you what unless you all know unless you're all sitting there going yeah damn we know exactly what you're talking about i will just say that there's a future episode okay i will qualify that i did some research on a name that is said in this episode and the research came up with a fact i didn't realize something i'd seen yes it's a later episode of happy days but something i didn't realize the thing is i'm not it's a name so there's a first name and a last name the first name i am 100 percent in agreement with this fact that i found the second name i'm not so sure because i haven't watched the episode that is referenced in ages so basically suffice it to say there's a name a name comes up in this episode and sometime far in the future this name i think comes up again in a very important capacity however i don't like to hop ahead so i didn't hop ahead to see if it's actually happening so so stay with me here and in a certain number of episodes quite a few episodes i will be mentioning a name that i mentioned here and i'll and was mentioned in the episode and i believe if the fact i found was correct then we've got a very interesting thing going on between this episode which is a fairly inconsequential one apart from the crossover and this episode and a much later very important episode i'm going to leave it at that because i'm going to give it away unless you all know exactly what it is i didn't know it again like with the vernon shirley thing i didn't know it again until right now so boom be be nice to everyone and we are going to hit fonzie's hero uh this one um very basic uh very simple october uh 26 1976 directed by jerry paris i forgot to write down who um directed this one i'm sorry wrote this one it was jerry paris story by stephen dwarman teleplay by barry rabinowitz there is a fire at the garage where fonzie works someone a, a guardian angel pulls the fonz out of there turns out it's potsy potsy saved the fonz's life the fonz says whatever you want you got potsy says i want to be your best friend so for the rest of the episode potsy and the fonz are best friends and yes they do go roller skating i'll leave it that we talk more about this you could probably from hearing that you could probably map out the entire episode in your mind but uh, let me give you a blast of music and we will be right back
So this is a, a pretty standard sitcom thing of the um, the character who um, uh, owes a favor or is owed a favor by another character, and uh, the uh, sometimes it goes a little a uh, goof goof goofy, and this one and basically as as the as the Fon says when Potsy tells him what he wants, he, he the Fon says basically I just adopted Potsy. Potsy you know says he never had um, he never had a young uh, brother. Although I don't think the Fonz did, and it seems like his his father doesn't really seem to like him that much, so he wants to do all these things. Yeah, he couldn't do when he was a kid. Although roller skating, I, I guess like the circus and the bumper cars, I, I guess that's um, kid kiddy stuff. But the roller skating and and um, the the roller skating that's a, that's kind of a big set piece scene in here. We'll talk about that separately. But yeah, that that's really the the gist of it is that the. Um, Potsy really likes the Fonz. Fonz tolerates Potsy, but Potsy wants the Fonz to basically be his like big brother. For uh... it's funny that there isn't a because um... there's a story told. The Fonzarelli code is what makes Fonzarelli uh, Fonzie um, say, uh, you know, I'll do whatever favor you ask. And he tells the story of his cousin or uncle Vito, who was had his life saved by a midget, and the mi- the midget requested whenever there was a parade through town. Um, Vito would put the midget on his shoulders uh, so you could see the parade better and apparently it was very moving the the weird thing with um uh, 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 the, the the one the one tricky thing with this um sort of setup is that sort of like in the previous episode where the Fonz doesn't immediately tell the Cunninghams this is my good friend's wife um he asked me to watch over her for just a, f- a few days or so while he's out of town um, they do like two, three minutes of what, huh? I'm responsible. Richie, no. Uh, 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 Whereas if the Fonz had just said this right when they walked in, um, or they would have waited, like I said, until they saw the car pull away and they knew that the family was going to be gone for, what, a week or whatever. Hey, wouldn't that have been easier? I, I don't know, but um, th- this sort of does that same thing where Potsy says, I want us to be pals. Now, this is a favor, so I would think there should be, shouldn't there be a point where the Fon says, okay, Ralph, or okay, Potsy, okay, whoever, uh, okay, Potts, um, two weeks. For two weeks, I'll do whatever you want. We'll go anywhere, do whatever. They go to a Potsy family reunion at one point. Not in the episode, but it's mentioned. Um, you would think, it, I, would, I would think he would have said that, you know, at some point. So, I mean, because Potsy seems so dumb in this episode and at the end when they're trying to you know drum up sympathy for him um it i don't think it fully works because he does seem so dumb and doesn't seem to realize like okay yes i i did save the fawn's life but how how about how about you know we do something together like once a week we get together and we do something together, whatever, or or once every two weeks, you know, or something like that, or like once a month, we have a Fonzie and Potsy night. It makes more sense, doesn't it? I mean, like, Cousin Vito, just when there was a parade, had to put the guy on his shoulders. But, you know, where I grew up, we had a parade. We didn't have a lot of parades because we had winter. And, and so, you know, between, like, April and September, you know, we had maybe four parades, three parades, five parades. So that's like a few times a year, and you know when it's coming, because uh, Vito does his thing. It's just, it just seems strange to me that the Fonz doesn't qualify this isn't going to go on forever. It would seem, you know, be, to, to me it would be like, okay, um, if you're going to choose something like this, 
We'll do it for two weeks. We'll do it for a month. But he doesn't qualify it like that. It really seems like it's supposed to go on forever, which seems ridiculous to me. There are some good laughs in this episode, but the things that ridiculous <laughs> seem ridiculous to me almost outweigh those moments. The opening sequence, for example, there is a very lovely gal, Gina, Al's um, uh, niece, who is fixing something on a window on like one of the booths over on the far left. And you know, Richie and Potsy and them, they always go to the... Um, uh, they always go to like more or less like the middle booth that's facing the back wall, facing the cameras. Um, for some reason, this time, Richie and Ralph walk in, and Ralph is telling a story about his car broke down and is currently with the Fonz in the garage. And there's this gal fixing this window. There's a very slightly peeved-looking couple in the booth that she's standing in fixing the window. Then, for reasons that I don't fully comprehend, Ralph and Richie go to this booth, which is over on the far left in the corner, and Ralph kind of sits on the table right on the on the table right next to the food that these people are trying to eat, just so they can make jokes about how hot Gina is and Ralph can flirt with her. And then when Al comes out doing another weird thing, um, you see a moment later that that booth was empty. Now maybe. Maybe in the, like the minute between when they walk to that corner and... No, no, the booth's empty. The booth is empty and clean. So the booth was empty. So why they went to that... Pl- I mean, I could see if Ralph was going making a beeline for there because he saw Gina. But it's presented as he goes to that booth, sits on that table, and he's he doesn't see Gina until Richie points her out. So why don't they go to their regular booth? Although my favorite joke in the episode is when the Fonz comes in... In, in a bad way and he's give me water and he's all uh, like uh, all burnt up and, and he's a bad he's like give me water give me water oh guys it was horrible it was oily rags and flames and smoke and the whole garage was burning down and who's that new chick in the corner with the hammer and I got and it was and it's nice that he did Henry Winkler does it better than I do because I didn't write down everything that he said um uh, uh, but but it's sort of like that. And that. That's a nice moment. But that's a weird moment. There's the weird moment with the air raid thing. Where what? What did uh, did? I'm I'm sure I'm sure they had air raids, you know, practices and drills and things in Milwaukee. It seems strange. I mean, I would imagine they had them on the coasts, but in the center of the U.S. up north like that. Where were the um? I mean, I I would think if there was an air raid in Milwaukee and it was the Nazis or the Japanese which is where I'm imagining he's getting his air raid helmet and air raid excitement about, um, then we would have probably already heard that the planes were coming. Because I don't think the, the Japanese planes would have flown across the Pacific Ocean, across half of the U.S., to bomb Milwaukee uh, without someone else possibly seeing and going, hey, those planes. Uh, so it's, it's a weird moment because what happens is as Richie and Potsy are... Um, uh, kind of looking at Gina, you hear a siren go off, a police siren, and I thought it was a car actually outside my house going by or nearby, but it isn't. It's just a car passing Arnold's, and Arnold, uh, Al comes rushing out with his air raid helmet. It's an air raid. No, it's a police car. Oh, I never get a chance to wear the helmet. I thought, really, Al? You don't know that, that you don't know that, that was a siren? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I'm trying to go through the things that don't make... There, there, there are a bunch of them. Like I said, Potsy expecting the Fonz to just, like, drop his whole life. Even... I mean, yes, I know. Potsy saved his life. But, um... 
I, I don't know. It, it just seems like it just seems like um, uh, it, it just seems that just seems weirdly written to me. Like someone should have just had a thing where it was like, I can't do another month. We said two months. I, we've done one. I can't do another month. But instead, it's endless. And I'm sorry, I keep bringing that up because that's that's kind of a point that bugs bugs me. Um, I've never had someone save my life that I, that I remember and said you, you do I, I'll do what any any favor you want but the, the favor you know the the like I said the favorite Potsy is asking is be my big brother indefinitely and and he can't imagine unless he's an idiot we know Potsy kind of is at this point that the the, the Fonz would give up his entire life at the end of the day when they kind of break it off the the Fonz and Richie have a meeting in the, in, the, in the bathroom and Fonz says I can't do this anymore what do I do well you got to tell him okay I'll think of something and you learn Potsy was in one of the stalls and Potsy kind of breaks it off first Fonzie realizes what's going on the five or six gals in the Aloha Pussycat show up six of them and um uh, the Fonz brings Potsy along on the date with the six gals hey see that's what it should have been in the first place I get the um. I get. It's just this episode is is one of those that were there. Are a lot, there are a lot of funny moments. Henry Winkler looks amused throughout much of it, especially the opening scene um with with uh the um where he's covered in the 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 burns and or the the black smoke and and the and the the, the, the you know after the fire and um it's uh. He, he looks amused by what's going on, which is fun. There's a lot of good stuff in it. And uh, Ron Howard, again, is doing like he does a trigger impersonation where he slaps his foot against the ground, like trigger counting. And he does it a long time. I guess the crowd just, the crowd kind of laughs and laughs and laughs and laughs. And they love it. Uh, I think the best the best part in it is the roller skating scene. It's basically the Fonz doesn't like to roller skate, doesn't do well, and there's a lot of great slapstick and fun moments with the Fonz not doing well. A lot of great faces. Some kids pick on him. People keep running into him. There's a great moment where he winds up like far enough away in the rink from the railing that he's going to have to try to move and all of a sudden this crowd of people skate right past him and the look he has on his face is awesome so the five six minutes or so i don't, I don't actually know how long the roller skating um scene is it's not that long sorry i was looking at the um i was looking at the uh sh- shoot uh i i don't know how long the roller skating scene is um but it's uh maybe i can i can give you 12 and then so it's about six minutes. It's about five, six minutes. And um, it's really quite good. And there's a lot of variation on it. And it's, it's, it's really, it's fun. But again, Potsy can see that the Fonz doesn't want to do this. Can see, now, I know, again, ah, it's fun. Like I said, well, Dan, Potsy saved his life. Yes, yes, true. And, but there does need to be a point. Um, it just it just it just seems strangely structured to me. Like like people did. It's I see story by one person, teleplay by another. Maybe something wasn't thought through on it. It just seems um, it it just seems it like takes ten minutes for him to actually. Well, no, it actually takes almost half the episode for it to sort of begin, um, and then the second half, and then and then it's like six or seven minutes. Like they pack everything into there, mainly in the roller skating, where it's like they mention what they're going to do. Then their roller skates like, oh, we went to the circus. Oh, it's a Potsy family reunion. Oh, it's, a, it's a, so it's kind of weirdly structured. I wouldn't want it to be any longer than it is, but it's sort of weirdly structured and put together. And Potsy, um, I don't know, Potsy ends up just seeming like a, a, a doofus to me. I mean, yeah, he he did save the Fonz's life, but even even that, even the way they do that, like 
it, like I, I would think if they did this in the late fifties, early sixties, there would be a brief scene where you saw like maybe something start to catch on fire, and then like the Fonz maybe coughing, and like someone reaching in and saying they'd help, and you don't know who it is, and then you learn it later. But here it's so weird. It's like yeah, the garage burnt down, I guess, but the garage is fine, well enough so that Fonzie can. Uh, fix Ralph's car later on and it's sort of like yeah the garage burnt down so what you know it's 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 so weirdly done because it's like why was Potsy walking by the garage is that because we've seen the garage and it looks like it's down a side street or even in an alley off an alley or something like that um obviously it's it's actually in the on the studio lot but um I mean, I guess they could just walk right by it, but um, it it just seems a strange. That that's another thing, I guess, that seems weird. Just the way it's introduced, like they're making some jokes about Gina. Well, they're, the Ralph is flirting with Gina. Al is making some jokes about his air raid warden helmet. Then all of a sudden, the Fonz comes in. The garage burned down. Someone saved me. I don't know who it was. Then Potsy comes in. Oh my gosh, he saved me! And it's like, wait, the garage burnt. What's going on? The garage burnt. Wait, what's happening? It's it's um, just like sort of throwing away the garage. But then we'll never hear about that fire again. And in the next episode, if the garage is mentioned or seen, you won't know that there has been a fire there. And the episode kind of goes along like this with, like, the the reason why I love the roller skating scene is, yeah, there's a lot of exposition as to what they have been doing. But there's a lot of good slapstick, a lot of good physical comedy. This is... I, this is a snapshot kind of episode. You know, in the next episode, the the garage will be back together again and Potsy will be doing the same old Potsy thing he always does. We, we, another weird thing, Ralph, Potsy, and Richie are always together. They're always together in these Arnold scenes. But this is the one time where, like, Ralph and Richie showed up and Potsy was just, what, wandering the neighborhood? I don't know. I, who knows? Um, but it's 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 funny because they keep when you have to sort of bend around that many things to get your story to work, and you have to have that many moments where you're sort of like, "What are you doing?" Then maybe you should rewrite it or abandon it or save it for later. Yeah. Uh, one more thing, and I, I love this. The um, is it Vicky? Suddenly, I th- I think I think they had a piano in their old house. If you know what I mean. Um, but I, I think it was up against the wall. But here, you, you never see this piano. But all of a sudden, there's a piano like right in the front of the stage, sort of like um, uh, the Bunkers sitting there singing um, the All in the Family tune. There, that's exactly what it looks like. And there's a point where sort of Marion's behind it, and then like the Fonz goes behind it, where it looks like they're going to sit down and like do All in the Family theme or something like that. It's really weird because it's like, where did that come from? And it's weird because it's like, okay, Marion, we have to go to the open house. Uh, okay, I'm almost done giving Vicky her piano lessons. Why is she giving a piano lesson that goes right up to the point when she knows she has to leave for Joni's open house? Um, the one thing we are saved in this episode is that we don't have to see those people pushing that car out of Arnold's parking lot again. I think there were like two episodes in a row where they show that like when it the credits are done and it fades up and you see the executive producer, writer, director, and they show the exterior of Arnold. They keep showing that damn couple pushing that car away. Um, anyway, uh, so there's a great... So, so the Vicky moment. So out of nowhere, there's this piano in the middle of the room. And literally, like in the middle of the room. And there's this little girl we've never seen before and I don't think we'll ever see again. And she is there getting piano lessons from Mrs. C. And everyone's like, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. And Mrs. C says... Uh, yeah, I just have to finish uh, Vicky's piano lesson. Okay, dear. 
okay, you're all done. And so they take this little girl off of there and a uh, hell of a ending to the piano lesson and they put a coat on her and Joni's putting a coat on her and it's a weird moment where it's it's clearly like Mr. and Mrs. C looking at the little girl comparing her to Joni because they're almost kind of dressed alike and um, but it you know and going like remember when they were young oh and sort of like it, wouldn't it be interesting to have another and, and Mr. C's like well we got five minutes or something like that ha 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 and Joni says that her paper, she's reading the open house, is about her parents still being frisky. But the best part about that is, one, what's the piano doing there? Mrs. C gives piano lessons. Two, Mrs. C gives piano lessons. Three, did she really have to have her do those last like, couple of notes and then say you're done? Couldn't she have just wrapped it up right then? And four, the way she... The way... Um, the way she um, has Vicky hop off the piano, piano uh, bench... Um, hands Joni like hands Joni Vicky's coat and says, "Okay, Joni, put Vicky's coat on her and send her out to the curb and hail her a cab." It's great because that's exactly what it looks like. You just see this little girl we've never seen before, we'll never see again. Joni's putting the coat on her. They make a joke about, "Hey, we can go have sex and have another kid," and then the scene continues. Where'd Vicky go? I mean, there's no, you know, the way she does it, you know, it's, it's not like her parents are waiting outside or anything like that. It's like, oh, we're still having the lesson. Dun, dun. Okay. Put her coat on her, send her out. Did she live next door? Is she, were her parents waiting outside? I, I love that there's like no mention of who is this girl? How is she getting home? Are they taking her home? Where did she go? I don't know. I, I love it. I, it makes, again, it makes no sense. This episode is fun to watch and in some ways it's very straightforward. But in other ways, it makes no sense. Also, I guess a big one, too, is that that bathroom scene, um, you know, Fonzie says what he does about Potsy. Fonzie and Ralph leave. And then Potsy steps out of the stall. And then Richie sees him in there. So, oh, no, Potsy was in there the whole time. But at the beginning of the episode, Richie, but at the beginning of that scene, um, both Ralph and Richie are there at the place. Ralph leaves when he finds out his car is fixed. The Fon starts talking to Richie, takes him in the bathroom, and basically says, where's Potsy? Oh, I don't know. And then they go talk in the bathroom, and then suddenly Potsy was in the stall all along. How did he, how did he get, how did he get in the, if, 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 if Richie doesn't know where he was, how'd Potsy get there and into the stall? I mean, it was, it's, it's, it's weird because usually, like I said, they're all together, and we see Ralph, and we see Richie, and then we see Potsy, and they were all in Arnold's. They were all in Arnold's. Why did why did Richie not know where Potsy was? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, Potsy was he was in the bath he was in the he, he was in the stall apparently for quite some time. And I, I I mean, was it like Potsy stood up and said, Well, I'm going to the restroom and suddenly everyone forgot that he was there? You know, I who whose third whose hamburger was this? There's a, there's a third burger here. It's just again, the episode is filled with moments that don't make sense and the closing bit the aloha closing bit is is okay uh, it's not great i mean this was the end of the 50s when hawaii became a state so um that's kind of what that's referenced to um but it's just it's just it's just a weird episode because um it's it's kind of based off of sort of standard sitcom stuff but there's so much about it that just like what doesn't make sense Whatever, I guess. So, uh, oh, and and one more, one more, and then I will wrap up this episode. Um, uh, Re- Ralph's car was damaged in the garage fire. Um, Fonzie and uh, Richie are waiting at the Cunninghams in the living room for Potsy to show up. Potsy shows up with Ralph. Why? Because Ralph's car 
was uh, broken or whatever and uh, is burnt. And uh, Patsy's giving him a ride home. And then they make jokes about Patsy having his sister's bike and everything like that. And then at the end of that scene, when Patsy is like, oh, Fonz, we're going to have so much fun together. Tomorrow we're going on the bumper cars. See you guys later. And he takes off. He leaves, leaving Ralph, Potsy, and Fonzie standing there. And Fonzie, I think, makes a joke about something or other, and the scene fades out. But Ralph doesn't say, hey, he was my ride home. So, I mean, I imagine he doesn't live that far away. But still, that that just seems strange to me. He, The, the only reason Ralph is there is that they went out of their way. They said, Potsy's going to show up. Why is Ralph here? Because of this. But then when Potsy leaves... It makes why Ralph was there it makes a little sense unless, unless he and Vicky are sharing a cab or something. I don't know. I don't know. But that's I'm I'm gonna stop with Fonzie's here. I'm gonna close my notebook. Stop and stop and stop. So that was Fonzie's hero and Fonzie the father. In the next episode, we are going to be covering. I think we're gonna be in November of of '76. A place of his own. I guess a few episodes before we got a mind of their own. But this is a place of his own. And they shoot Fonzies, don't they? Mm-hmm. So thank you again, everyone, for listening. I'm, uh, I'm sorry if I... I don't think I got negative on Fonzies here. I was just like, huh, what? So and I enjoyed that. So um, thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Be good to yourselves. Be safe. And I will talk to you next time. <laughs>